The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. It is so good to be with you today. I'm Tyler. I'm here with Ben, Mr. Commentary himself, Angie Gates, and our professional reader, Miss Brandy Stewart. How are y'all doing today? So good. Fantastic. Hey, so, so we're just moving right along in the month of January. And I want to know, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, do you even do that? Do you like it? You think it's dumb? What you What's got going on? What's your progress on, on your resolution? That's What's your progress? <laughs> this is about the time where everybody's like, ah, I'll try it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I learned my lesson a long time ago, and I just quit doing it because I don't like to fail. <laughs> I know. I used to make one every year, but I don't know if I just, like, forgot and got out of the routine or just, like, gave up. I really don't know. I just don't really do it anymore. Yeah. I hadn't really started mine yet. My resolution is to not procrastinate. I hadn't started it yet. Maybe that's uh, what happened to me. Uh, I just dad procrastinated. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> the dad joke. Thanks for catching it, bro. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Tyler, do you do resolutions? I do. Uh, I'm a big fan of it, which I feel like is the anomaly now. Mm. Uh, every year in church, I'm like, hey, raise your hand if you're doing a New Year's resolution. And everybody just looks at me like, hmm. <laughs> We're so beat down by the time January comes around, though. Yeah. Do you not feel that? Well, I'm a fan of embracing the seasons. Mm. Mm. Because if not, the year's just long and boring. Mm. Yeah. Like when it's summertime, I never have on a shirt or shoes. Because mm. it's summertime, the sun's out. Mm. You know? When it's Halloween, it's time to trick or treat. Yeah. When it's Christmas time, it's time to listen to music. Yeah. But I feel like you don't wait until January. Like you're pretty disciplined. Like you have resolutions, or maybe you don't call them that, but you start new things all the time, depending on whatever book you read. <laughs> that, that's true. Impulsive would be the word. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, I love being comfortable, and I feel like I just got to keep punching myself in the face so I'm not <laughs> <to be> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate this time of year, though, like mm-hmm. the the um, kind of built-in rhythm for resets. You know, I do I do appreciate yeah. that, yeah. Um, especially it, January, February can get crummy. They're dreary. Yeah. yeah, like, and it's been cold here. You know, typically South Mississippi, it's cold for like two days, <laughs> and then it warms back up to 75. It seems like it's been cold for six weeks and has not warmed up yet. We've kind of had an actual winter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cold right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, but I have follow-up questions about your resolutions. Oh, man. Like, okay. Do you pick one big one? Do you have a lot of small ones? What works for you? Uh, So, like... One one big goal for the year each year is to read 50 books. Mm. So um, I do that one each year. This is my fourth year on it. And um, then it then it just kind of depends on what I feel like I need to do. Mm. Like uh, in December, I, I break every good discipline I have. Like <laughs> I take off work as long as I can. Mm. I sleep in as long as I can. And then when it comes to January, it's like, all right, I need to get back into the flow of things. Hmm. Okay. That's my weird rhythm. Yeah. 
again, least you've got resolutions. Yeah. None of the again, rest of us do. <laughs> there's a natural time for you to reset in yeah. January, yeah. right? I love it. So. I'm the weird one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we, you know, with our church and with the rhythms, we always enter into a season of prayer and fasting. And uh, we thought it'd be good to just continue this conversation on prayer and what that looks like for us as a church and really what it looks like for us within our house church and how do we create a culture of prayer. So with that, we're going to read the passage, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. So Brandy, I mean, who else would we call on to read? Seriously, I'd be so offended at this point. (laughs) Okay. Starting in verse 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's such a beautiful passage. Mm. I I've got some notes at the bottom of this page from September 19, 2016. This was like right when we were in the beginning phases of the Stone County campus. And I uh, wrote down a prayer basically asking the Lord that this would be the model of the church that we follow. Wow. And it's just so cool. And I I think we're good at the... Uh, at least in, in um, for me, I'm really good at the fellowship part of it. I love hanging out with people, the breaking mm-hmm. of the bread. Yeah. Man, that's I'm good at that. I can break <laughs> some bread. <laughs> Can't we all? The prayer aspect of it, mm. especially like in the house church setting, I'm not too great at that. It's like, hey, let's pray for the food, hang out, discuss, eat. Last five minutes, oh, yeah. We need to pray before we leave. Mm-hmm. Do y'all do that? We need yes. to, yeah. Yeah. So how how do we pray? What do we do? Well, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. We almost said it at the exact same time, like, man, what a really cool passage. Um, and, and going into this season, all, all of the wins or goals that we have for a venture church, house church, come from this passage, community, next steps, discipleship multiplication, right? This is the passage that those goals are built off of. Um, and, and then in this particular season, it was neat to me that we've spent a lot of time talking about all of those things, but prayer was the one I circled that I have zoomed over. Um, and so I think it looks, it looks different for everybody. Like first thing is I think an awareness um, and what, what you said of how, how often I need to admit to prayer in our house church setting being the thing of like, oh yeah, we got to do this so we can say we had house church tonight, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it starts with me, I think, as an individual and, and my heart being right as, the, as a house church pastor um, of going into this. Uh, you know, the, this passage took me to Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 that says after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and spoke the word of god boldly i don't think it's a coincidence that after they prayed all of those things happened right 
Um, but it can be daunting because you ask, how do you, how do you do that? Was your question. And I've talked all around it because it can be a challenge and, and daunting. But I think we go back to, um, the disciples asking Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Like think about that posture from them and that question, Lord, teach us to pray. And I have to ask myself as a house church pastor in my, or just as an individual in my walk, have I ever asked that question? Hmm. Lord, teach me to pray. I think that's a great starting point. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a second step, a little personal responsibility in that though, where it doesn't specifically tell us this, but I almost feel like if God could tell us out loud something, he would say, you probably should practice, Mm. you know, Hey God, teach me to pray, teach me to pray. And if you just sit and you're waiting for this magical thing to happen to you, it's not going to. So teach me to pray. I don't know what words to say, but I'm just going to say some stuff. And God, he's big enough, God, to hear that, take that. He knows your heart. You know, but I think that's the part a lot of us are so afraid of is I'm going to say the wrong words. And uh, I think that's part of teaching us to pray. Hey, you got to do it first. Mm -hmm. You're never going to get there. So I don't know. Yeah. And God's not grading you on a scale like, mm. That was a F prayer. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Try again. Yeah. So just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you grade yourself when you have a conversation with somebody? Sometimes. I mean, like, I don't sit there and think, oh, man, I better not speak today. Yeah. I may not. You know what I mean? To everybody that walks into the room, you're going to have something to say to somebody. And, I mean, I I think we just kind of get lost in seeing God as somebody we're having a conversation with Mm -hmm. and what prayer is. But the very beginning of that scripture says they devoted themselves to this. So like Mm -hmm. when you come from a heart and a posture of like being devoted to something, think about what you're devoted to in your life outside of spiritual things. Mm -hmm. It comes from this natural place, this passion of just overflowing. Like I want to devote my time to this for some reason or another. Like I love it to that extent. So I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to do it daily. I'm going to just, it's going to be part of my life. And it's not something that we're made to do. And if you then reflect on that, to prayer, no matter where you are um, in your in your spiritual walk, if you're devoted to to that and you see him as a person and you love him as a person, and that's that should come naturally and be something that you want to do, and you're not so worried about did I say the right things? He's now a person that I love, mm-hmm. and I'm just talking to him. I want to get to know him. Yeah, and if I, I get I get in this place where like I don't really want to pray. You know, sometimes sometimes my prayer life and my my time with God is just stagnant. And when that happens, I I have to shift my prayer to, Lord, change my heart. Mm-hmm. Make me want to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you Angie listened to you talk about that. It it made me think about is there anything this is a question, it's not rhetorical. Who wants to answer it? <laughs> is there anything in our our life that we do that we enjoy and we're good at that we did not have to learn? Mm-hmm. No. And I mean, I think I'm, you know, I think our spiritual journey growing in our faith and our relationship with Jesus, praying is a thing that we practice, like you said, and and learn and grow in, right? Before we started, it's interesting, we were just having a conversation about like our kids and how we recognize in them the um, uh, a desire to do it right, to do whatever is right in the fear to mess up of the fear of messing up, you know, like, 
or my fifth grade son's basketball team, the coaches having to beg them to shoot <laughs> because they're all afraid of missing it. Like, and, and that seems so foreign to me and to us around this table. But listening to you talk about that, I approach life the exact same way. Mm-hmm. The category is just different. Yeah. Yeah, you could literally insert prayer for basketball there. That's right. Like, <laughs> and everyone's I'm, saying, hey, you just got to try it. Yeah, you just got to <laughs> no, practice it. I'm scared it. I'm going to do it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, isn't prayer just for the preachers? Because every time I'm somewhere, <laughs> I'm obligated to pray. You're the only pray. one that can pray. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think they um, they take a lot of responsibility off of others that should maybe step up and do it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's an expectation. No, the prayer's not just for preachers. <laughs> so just think about that like oh yeah, that's that's the preachers, they pray. But like would we we don't just leave mathematics to mathematicians, right? You add at the house, you look at your <laughs> bank account. It's like um I didn't get my degree in math, so... I can't math. I can't math. <laughs> can't math today. Right. We all drive our vehicles, even though we don't work for NASCAR. I mean, some like, of us think we do. We're not professional cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy to leave, like, spiritual things to, to the, the preacher. Pro- yeah. 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 Hey, can I say one more thing about that word, devoted, before we move away from it, though? Um, that was the part that stuck out to me this week too, studying through this passage. And I know we haven't talked about the step Bible in a while, but that app, I'm using it again here. Cause I was like, what does that word really mean? And y'all wasn't ready for this. It means to be. So they devoted themselves. It's, it became a part of who they That's were. who they are. It just, I am these things. And so, yeah, when I think about prayer and being devoted to prayer, that really changes things. It's not just like, oh, it's something that I'm passionate about. No, it's a part of who I am. You know, if I could offer a word of encouragement, like to our house church pastors, we just talked about rhythms of seasons and natural resets, right? And so um, I think it's easy to listen to a conversation like this and maybe feel some guilt or some shame or that like, man, our culture of prayer within our house church is not what it needs to be or have we, we haven't um, paid enough attention to that or focused on growing that enough and like man get let's give ourselves some grace in that and know that hey as we as we start this season we're coming alongside you as a church in 21 days of prayer and um, different resources and things that we're that we're offering um, for you to begin that journey for me to begin that journey personally so that it flows out from me into our house churches, into um, into my house church, right? And Tyler, you said something earlier, uh, so 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 good uh, about the role of a house church pastor and understanding the next steps of our people and where they're at. And so, as you, as so many of us hear this conversation, we all have different next steps in this, in like my journey of prayer and what it looks like to begin to pray what it looks like maybe to begin to pray on behalf of others or what it looks like to begin to pray out loud for others. Um, All of those things, we're all in different places and all have next steps. And the beauty of house churches is we have have that in the confines of community Mm -hmm. to learn well, right? Like to struggle well through that growth process. Um, And so just want to encourage 
all of our house church pastors in there that it can it can seem daunting, right? Um, but man, there's powerful things that happen on the other side of prayer. We've talked a lot about resolutions and how we're not good at them. But I mean, <laughs> with January coming, this is a great time. If you feel like house church wasn't what you wanted it to be concerning prayer, this is the perfect time to say, no, this year is going to be different. And so that is one of the beautiful parts of our whole church coming together for a series of 21 days of prayer. We are literally all in this together. So no matter what 2023 looked like, it is a fresh start Mm -hmm. and it can be what you make it. So, Yeah, for sure. And just for like understanding people's next steps and for those leading a house church, your role being to delegate and to empower, like, a, you know, a simple prayer is praying over the meal mm-hmm. before y'all kick off in house church. So just very practically speaking, you could ask somebody beforehand, hey, I'm going to ask you if you will pray before we eat tonight. That way, you know, they've got a heads up. They're not caught off guard. And they run away and never come back because they were so scared to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's under being, it's like you said, it's understanding the next steps, seeing, hey, she could do that. Like that's, to me, that don't seem like a big deal. To her, it seems like a massive deal. But I know that she's got the capacity mm-hmm. to pray before we get started. You know, some of the most powerful prayers that have been voiced in our house church over the last three years have come from the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the most impactful prayers to me individually have come from the kids and, and allowing our kids that moment to step into that moment and to pray out loud. And it's, they're convicting, they're encouraging, they're, they've been all of those things because it's also an example of like their childlike faith Mm -hmm. and the just innocent conversation that they're entering into with God in that moment. Um, and so, man, that's another thing to keep in mind that in house church, it's a multi-generational setting, right? And man, our, our kids aren't just items that we bring with us to house right. church. Like our kids are engaged with us in what's going on. They're engaged in scripture. They're seeing us be engaged in prayer. They're participating and engaged with us in prayer um, as well. And so don't, don't discount or discredit um, how God uses our kids in those environments as well. And allow the kids to be your example. If short, sweet, and to the point is good enough for our kids and God, it's good enough for you. You know, that is the one thing I've heard from more grown-ups than anything. I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. Keep it short and simple. Then. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep it short and simple. Yeah. There was a, a guy who I loved growing up. And the first time I heard him pray in church was awesome. He said, Lord, man, it sure is good to be in your house today. And then just went on with his prayer. And I was like, wow, mm. that seemed authentic. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't like, have to be flowery and yeah. big vocabulary. Like, who, don't, it doesn't have to be those things. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I mean, if you're feeling it, go, go for, for it. it. My vocabulary is not that big, and I do believe God can still hear me. So there we go. Just I think saying. the sweetest part is just to be able to communicate to people in your house church. The value and just the how precious it is to be able to have that time between them and God. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, if they aren't in a place where they want to pray out loud, okay. Like, you can totally respect that and encourage them on their own time. Hey, why don't you try this when mm-hmm. you're at home? 
And then there's those that need to be pushed a little bit, but you still, out of love and direction, show them the value of stepping out in that courageous faith and saying, I know you can do this, and you're going to bless others through it and let them see that it's not that hard because I think fear stops a lot of us and um, just maybe lack of knowledge of realizing that it's not what we make it out to be. Right. Those two, and probably comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Being to your point, like learning from children, they have like the best prayers. They haven't learned to be insecure about who they are Mm. because they're not on social media. Mm. That's probably a resolution for the year. (laughs) Ditch social media and quit being so concerned with other people's opinions Yeah, when they're not even thinking about us anyway. When I used to lead groups for high school and college girls and we would talk about praying out loud, I would always remind them, hey, don't forget, you're not talking to anybody in this room. Right. So before we start, just go ahead and get that in your head. And if somebody is worried about what you're saying to God, that is their problem. Works for me. Yeah, good yeah. word. <laughs> I want, before we wrap up, I want to go back. I want to revisit this passage in Acts 4 um, and read the rest of it. I started with the first, that verse in 31. I'm going to read the last uh, few verses. And as we head into a new season, a new semester of house church, and know that this is our prayer for for each of you for all of our house churches, um, and that that we be, that we we believe that man on the other side of of a foundation of prayer, God moves in powerful ways. Um, and so, I, just, I want to read the rest of this rest of this passage, verse thirty one. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Man, and again, the beginning of that passage is after they prayed, right? How do how do do we create a culture like that? How do we continue to meet needs around us? How do we continue to um, take territory and advance God's kingdom in our neighborhoods, right? And meet the needs of those in our house churches, outside of our house churches. Um, and I think one of the a very important ways began with a foundation of prayer. Love it. Well, guys, we hope that this conversation was helpful and fruitful for you. And we hope that you have an incredible time in your house church. And we will catch you next time. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.